Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Censored Therapist podcast. I am Cindy Gozanski, your host, and I'm so glad you joined me today. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome, and a special welcome to everybody who is a returning listener. Thank you so much for making this possible, our community of heart-centered therapists. Today, I am going to talk about something really near and dear to my heart and to the heart of the practice that I do, which is couples therapy. I want to talk about what can be our growing edge as couples therapists, and this is going to be different for all of you, depending on where you are in your counseling journey. So some of you may already be working with couples and your growing edge is going to be different than a new therapist who's just curious about what it would take to work with a couple or someone who's starting out working with couples and maybe only has one or two on their caseload. And so again, as you listen to this, you can think about where your growth edge might be. And in essence, I think a growing edge really shows the therapist's commitment to providing that high quality, culturally sensitive, effective therapy for your client that shows your own dedication to ongoing education, to your own personal growth and to your ethical practice as you work in the therapy field. And so then we just apply that, this big way that you might stretch yourself, push your limits, try something new with learning, with education, with consultation to back you up as you dive into something that is gonna be your own growing edge. And a growing edge might just be a question that you throw out to your couple. A growing edge might be becoming more directive and interrupting your couple. These are important things that we must do as couples therapists. But again, our growing edges will differ depending where we are in the process of our journeys as therapists. I imagine that I will be returning to this subject in different episodes going forward because couples therapy is such an interest of mine and such a huge need for our world that when we can heal couples and the impact it has on their families, on the kids, on the communities, that is just so important and meaningful. And think about the privilege that we get from our couples who are inviting us into their lives. Of course, from our clients, but also our couples. We're really seeing their family systems and their cycles, their families of origin. And it is uh, quite a privilege to be able to help them move into the realm of repair and healing so that they can have really fulfilling lives together. Couples therapy is not individual therapy and it's not group therapy. 
And of course, many therapists, if they're not in an LMFT program, they don't even get training in graduate school in couples therapy. So I think it's important to start looking at ways that if you are working with a couple, maybe you're at an agency or you just have gotten so many referrals that you're like, I, I got to help these people. And I applaud you for that. With the education and the consultation, I applaud all of the therapists who are working with couples because that's really meeting a significant need. One thing that I will say is it's important to let go of the idea that couples therapy is problem-driven or like solution-focused and instead really see it from a process standpoint where we're trying to promote relational security and create happy, thriving relationship. You'll see my bent here. I'm definitely like pro-relationship and very process and emotion focused. But I think that is, from what I've seen, a really valuable way to help couples get back to what made them fall in love and do this hard thing of relationships in the first place. So really, the way I view couples work is that we're really working more on creating change in empathy and understanding of the other's emotional pain or emotional experience rather than on creating behavior change with our couples. Now, of course, we want behaviors to change, but the premise is that it's not just skills-based and communication statements that we're working on. We're actually working on trying to help them understand each other's emotional and internal experience because getting that empathy and understanding is what will create the behavior change. So instead of blaming each other, pointing fingers at each other, which is what you're going to find when they walk into the room, once we help them understand and empathize with the reason for each other's moves, that one of them is a pursuer, maybe one of them is a withdrawer. Those are like typical moves that we see when we can help our couple understand the reason that their partner does that, that their partner pokes at them. Then we can help them soften. And from an attachment perspective or survival perspective, we help the partner see, hey, you know what? This is why she does this. This is why he does this, poking at you. Because, and then whatever the reason is, right? They never felt like they mattered. They never felt seen or heard. Often in their primary attachment relationship, their primary story of like maybe not feeling seen or heard in their family of origin by their primary attachment figure, by their mom, their dad, whatever it is. And then they repeat this in their most important, significant relationship where all of the attachment wounds and needs come to the forefront. Right now, I'm already talk, talking from a more emotion-focused therapy lens of looking at a cycle of conflict, a negative relational cycle, and how we might understand that. So I'm going to take just a few minutes to unpack this a little bit. And again, if you're a newer therapist or you're new to EFT, this could be a growing edge. I will share that I'm not an exclusive EFT therapist. I use the Gottman's work in my couples therapy. I use Terry Reel's relational life therapy work. I use some of Stan Tadkin. I use some, some other like spiritual work. All of these things have become 
a composite of the way I work with couples. And it's not for everyone, but the attachment frame is definitely at the heart of what I do. So just to give a little bit of deeper exploration into what we're calling the negative cycle or the conflict cycle, right? We've all heard, okay, the the couple comes in and there's going to be one who's a pursuer and one who's a withdrawer, or maybe both of them tend to avoid each other. So you have two withdrawers in the room. And let me tell you, that is really hard to work with when you have two withdrawers because there's no energy. When you have a pursuer and a withdrawer, you're probably going to get a fight happen right there in the room. And Honestly, that's what you want. That is a growing edge because then you see their cycle come alive in the room and that's where you can intervene. You can help organize their experience, help them make sense of it because they are caught in it. They are too caught up in it. All they do is repeat their moves and we help them see that their moves make sense and that we can show them a different way of doing it. So in my work with couples, I help them identify what their unmet attachment needs are and learn to express them in a healthier way with their partner, right? That sounds therapeutic psycho babble. And you know me, I'm not that way. I like to really simplify things, but basically we're helping our couples learn what their triggers are with each other and help them stay attuned. And our job as the therapist is to stay attuned the whole time to both of them and to their cycle. So we are working really hard. It's definitely a growing edge. And send me a DM if that's a growing edge for you. Wow, it's really hard work being there in the room with a couple. So let's just say, looking at the cycle, when one person gets really triggered and upset by their partner because they don't feel like they matter, Right. So often I like to try to simplify how each person takes that stance, that woundedness, that hurt into one of two frames. And there are many nuances, but let's say one partner feels like they don't matter. And the nuances there could be they don't feel like they're seen, they don't feel heard, they don't feel they're listened to, they feel invisible, they feel like they're not appreciated. And so you see how we start to nuance that feeling of they don't matter. But if you're going into session and you're a therapist newly working with a couple, here's a growing edge. One of my clients is probably going to feel like they don't matter. And the other client is probably going to feel something in the nuanced range of they are inadequate. They feel inadequate. And the nuances there could be they feel like they can't get it right. They feel like they're never enough for their partner. They feel like whatever they do isn't good enough. They feel like they can't please them. They feel like helpless again because they can't get it right. And often these are people who know how to get something right in their lives. They're the fixers. And so when they can't fix it, they start really feeling frustrated, confused, helpless. Oftentimes people say they feel like they're on their back foot. So again, we have these two stances feeling like they don't matter, and feeling inadequate. And right there is a little bit of some gold for your growing edge, that if you have a couple that seems to fall into each of these stances, then you are already on 
your way to understanding the conflict cycle and being able to help them understand it. What we do is then look at the underlying reasons for why they start to feel this way, right? Why these emotions never get expressed. Because here's the thing, what the couple is expressing in their fight, in their conflict cycle, is the one who feels like, I don't matter, usually the pursuer. Why? Because they're trying to get the attention. They That's their hope for the relationship. If I could just get my partner to listen to me, if I could just be seen, maybe something would change. So what the partner sees is only the pursuit, the poking, the nagging, the following, following me around the house, whatever it is, the criticism. What they don't see underneath is that the that the person feels like they don't matter, right? And oftentimes our couples really do love each other, but they don't see these softer sides and they would be very upset to know like they're making their partner feel this way or not making them, adding to that feeling of not mattering, making them feel just as upset as they felt when they were little kids and were helpless from their parents who felt like they never saw them. Right. Or so the other person who might be a withdrawer, the partner only sees them avoiding going into the basement, going upstairs and playing video games, going into their car and taking a drive, stomping away. All they see are those behaviors, those actions. They don't see that he or she may be feeling not good enough. I can't get it right. What's the point? I've disappointed the person I love the most. I've disappointed them again. I can't even, I can't even know what to do. And usually I know how to fix things. And so that's just a very short kind of little vignette of what you might see if you're a newer therapist and you're looking at a conflict cycle as a way to help understand it and start to be able, growing edge, articulate this back to your clients so that they can see this is the pattern. And I'll tell you what, this pattern will be the pattern that's repeated over and over. They have the same fight about something different, and these are the stances they take. Maybe the fight is always about the dishes. We, we, you know, you either load the dishwasher wrong, or you don't do the dishes, or you don't do them soon enough, or whatever. But what is this about? Maybe it's about not feeling that your partner gets your anxiety. If the kitchen is a mess, then your anxiety isn't seen. And you can just see how you can deepen and nuance this cycle from an attachment perspective. It's not as simple as like the dishes in the dishwasher, but pretty much most of the fights will land into one of their cycles. Now, sometimes it does switch when we're looking at like affection and sexuality. And sometimes somebody may become more of a withdrawer than the pursuer, but usually in their regular day-to-day conflicts around parenting, money, emotions, all of those things, they're going to stay pretty much on that same place. When you can help your couple organize all of their conflicts into a pattern, into this single pattern, you're giving them understanding and hope that they can do it differently and break the pattern. This gives your couples tremendous hope and this really can be a growth edge for you too because now you have a guide and a way that you'll be able to 
direct and make sense of, to validate their moves and then intervene and help them see different ways of doing things simply by externalizing the cycle, right? Simply by going in there and calling out what their cycle is and externalizing that. Then you help the couples unite against the cycle. We don't want to keep doing this. Often I'll say, you guys don't need me to fight this way, right? If they're having a fight in the session, right? You're trying to find a way that you can show them, hey, let's be a team. Right now, you're in that that terrible conflict cycle you get into, and I'm going to help you find a different way. First, we have to understand what's happening, and maybe you're going to have another growing edge and tell the couple, okay, right now, you're not going to talk to each other. You're going to talk to me one at a time. That's a growing edge. That's an advanced move of getting the couple to de-escalate and say, you know what, you're too, you're, it's too upsetting to talk to each other right now. We don't need to keep doing the blaming. You can do that at home without me. Right now, I'm going to talk to one of you at a time. You talk to me instead of your partner. We're helping the couple this way. Unite against that negative conflict cycle and work together to change their moves. And being united, being on a team is such a huge part of couples therapy. A lot of couples will come in and say, yeah, we don't feel like a team. We used to be such a great team. We want to be a team again. So now with that little kind of review of what a cycle might look like, I want to share some questions that could be helpful for you. And again, maybe this is going to be a growing edge. If one of these questions is new or you haven't used it in a long time, there you go. Boom. It's a growing edge. Otherwise, maybe it's just a review and that's okay too. Maybe you say you're trying to get at these reflective, process-oriented, and evocative questions. Now, here's how you deepen that. What's it like to say that in here? What's it like to tell me that with your partner in here? We've all of a sudden deepened it in two different ways. What happens inside you when you say this? Okay, now there's internal processing. What happens inside of you? Where does this anger start? Where does this sadness start? Where does this frustration start? What do you say to yourself when you see that expression on their face? What do you say to yourself when you hear them say that? Right? We're trying to understand their process because then when they say it out loud, guess what? It's giving information to the partner. What are you experiencing when you hear your partner say that? What's that like to hear them say that? Maybe then they respond by saying, yeah, I don't believe it because until I see it, until I see behavior change, until I see something different, I don't believe it. And you know what you do then? Here's the growing edge. You validate that. You say, yes. That makes sense. Of course, you don't believe it. You really want to believe it, but you've been living with this other disappointment so long that it's hard for you to believe it right now. Do you see how that's different? So that might be another way to engage with your client. Here's one of my favorite ones. Sometimes also when we're doing couples therapy, right, we have to step in for our clients. And this is another growth edge. We're trying to notice how the part how the partner's statements impact the other. And let's say if you see the other partner looking 
hurt or upset or confused or embarrassed, any of those, right? You want to be able to try to help them share their feelings. But if it's somebody who has like that childhood emotional neglect and they've never learned how to even state their feelings or they don't have emotional language, then we have to translate. So the growing edge may be for you to step in, use that proxy voice, translate and check in with the client and say, hey, is it that? This way you're also role modeling for them how they can express their emotions. And the other partner starts to see them working at this, them trying to do what they really want, which is usually to get at their internal emotional world. Okay, here's another second favorite of mine. Another one is if you're doing, say, an enactment or an experiment with the client. In couples therapy, we're always trying to have one turn to the other and say that to their partner. So when the client says to you, oh, but that's ridiculous. I just said it to you, right? Or I just said it to you. They heard it. Then here is your growing edge. You can say it's a very different experience to say it to the person you love, to the person you're in a relationship and for them to hear it from you. So that's one thing. If they have already said it out loud to you and you want to try to get them to say it to their partner and they're a little ambivalent, you might be able to try that saying, or just for kicks, just try it because you know what? It's way different. It lands differently when it's coming from you, their partner, their spouse, their lover, than when it comes from the therapist or they just hear you saying it to me. Another part of this is when you, the therapist, think, oh, that's so beautiful, and you say to the client, yeah, oh, can you tell your partner that? Can you just turn to them and say whatever it was? Can you just turn to them and say that? And the client looks at you and they're like, yeah, no, I can't do that. Okay, so here's your move, therapists. You say to the client, okay, how about you just say it to me then? You say it to me instead of to them. What's happening, right? So it's training wheels. The client who is just, it's too much. It's too hard to say it to their partner, says it to you, the therapist. It's a training wheel exercise for them. And the partner hears it. And the partner hears that and is starting to listen and feel some of the shift. You say, yeah, I get it. It's too hard to even imagine saying it to him. Could you try to say it to me instead? So again, that's another example of these questions and growing edges that you might be able to use in your couple's work. Up till now, I've talked quite a bit from the EFT, emotion-focused therapy, attachment lens perspective. And I just want to bring in one other, one other lens before we conclude today. And that's about helping clients learn how to cherish their partners. And this is really important. It comes a little bit from Terry Real. He does say we teach people skills such as this is how you stand up for yourself, how you cherish your partner at the same time that you're standing up for yourself, how you listen non-defensively, how you learn to negotiate, how you grieve, all of these things, and also how you cherish. And so I think it's really important and often gets missed in our work with couples because we're focused on certain approaches and we 
sometimes leave out really important things. Um, I think especially working with betrayal and infidelity, teaching and helping your clients learn again how to cherish goes so far. And you know what? They can do this. They did this when they first were falling in love and were infatuated in dating. They can do this. And we have to help them see how they can do it again. They do this if they have kids, they cherish and love their kids, they do this with their kids. So we're helping couples really accept the essence of what love is, of how important they are to each other. And often they've gotten lazy or lax in showing that cherishing. And they fight because they matter so much to each other, but they've only started to resort to fighting as the only way to connect. We know that doesn't work. So some people might view this in more of the skills range, but I view it more in the kind of like psycho-spiritual range of understanding and relationship. I think that what we're really trying to help our couples see, our individuals see is who they want to be. This is really deep work. What is the legacy they want to leave? Who do you want to be in your current relationship? Now, that would be a growing edge question, right? For yourself as, a, as an individual in relationship with others and also for our clients. And what we help them see is that they often are falling short, right? Because they're resorting to blaming, they're resorting to fighting. They've forgotten that beautiful lost art of being cherishing with the other. And this is what we're trying to help them see, how do you consider your partner again? Because we know they mean so much to each other. We wanna come into that session seeing how they are so connected, even though they're fighting, because we're the ones, you are the one, my dear therapist friend, who is holding the hope for this couple. So little things with the cherishing might be when they were first dating, they brought somebody to go coffee or made breakfast or did some small, kind little move. A lot of those have flown out the window after years and years of relationship. And yet they are ways that we can feel considered and cherished. And especially when there have been hurts and betrayals, this can go a long way. But again, I want to emphasize that it's not a skills base as much as it is a psycho-spiritual essence of becoming a better version of yourself. And we must be able to do that, to be in relationship with others. So I am going to wrap up this episode here because I've just said a lot. I am really curious what resonated for you. And my first question, my first takeaway question is, what do you imagine will be your growing edge as a therapist working with couples? What is your growing edge working with couples? Send me a DM on Instagram at Heart Center Therapist or join my Facebook group, the Heart Center Therapist community on Facebook, and you can message me there and tell me what was your growing edge? What scares you about working with couples? What are your questions about getting started doing couples therapy? Send me your questions or send me a complicated case you have and we can do a Q&A here. If you want to come on my podcast and talk about 
some composite of a couple. I would love to do that with you and give you some coaching and guidance. And that would be super fun. So if you're interested in that, definitely send me a DM at Heart Center Therapist because I would love to start doing some live coaching sessions on the podcast because I think it will be so helpful. It's just a really fun thing when we see new ways of working with our couples and helping them. And we get excited as a therapist, the couples feel it, they feel our hope. And it really gets so exciting to be able to offer this beautiful service to people who are trying to just find ways to mend old wounds and feel back in love and commitment and connection with each other. And so we help them see they can go from this disconnection to connection again, and that's our job. And we're also modeling that with our clients. Again, thank you so much, my dear therapist friends, for listening. If you're at all interested in asking me some questions about couples therapy and sharing what your growing edge is, please send me a DM. And until next time, stay heart-centered. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.